So, in the saddle shop, episode four. We are literally in the saddle shop. And when we are with Reed Vite again, the legendary barber, trapper, pilot, saddle maker, one and only. And you're working on being fucking hand too, huh? Try. Trying to? Not much of a hand at all. I've only roped at a few brandings, but help round up at least my horses are good enough to do that when they're not acting a pig. <laughs> That's what you get for riding paints. Corey told me a really funny thing. Why did Indians ride paints in Appaloosas? Because they're too proud, too proud to ride milk cows. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to see a lot of truth to that. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it goes. But those are the hands that have been dealt to me. So that's what I ride. You yep. talk about. Always oh, talking earlier about uh, not growing up doing that stuff and some of the problems that you've had trying to do it yeah I did have I've had quite a few problems you know my dad he was a cowboy he was more of a rodeo cowboy than like a tie down um, like doctor out in the pasture type stuff but my grandpa his dad trained horses for a living and a lot of them went into the rodeo circuit and all of that um, but my dad had a full ride to go to welding or rodeo and he went to rodeo, and then he was going to school to be an accountant as well. And he decided he did not like the accounting, and he went into banking, and he's still a banker to this day, but he was a steer wrestler, and he went down on a steer. He went to jump on it and grab it, and the steer stopped short. My dad went over the front. My grandpa was hazing for him. My grandpa's horse fucking kicked him right in the head. <laughs> and he went down and that steer run over the top of him and stepped in his mouth and punched a hole clean through his cheek. Oh, man. Yeah, he got about 300-some stitches Jeez. in his face. Oh, yeah, it fucked him up really good. And then he <laughs> met my mom and that fucked him up even worse. Oh, man, but, yeah. Women will do that. Yeah. Anyways, the troubles I've had is... So my dad always had his old saddles, and I rode those for a long time until I got mine built. But asking about horses to some of these cowboys, ask like people who are supposedly top hands, like big horsemen and good ranchers and all this stuff, and go up and ask them a question, even if it's something simple, like why things happen the way they do, or what to do or why horses act sometimes the way that they are you know if you're on something that's snorty or afraid real nervous you know and they'd fucking laugh at me they would not ever answer my question they'd make me feel dumb instead of actually trying to help yeah and maybe it's soft hearted of me but that kind of it pissed me off and it kind of hurt my feelings People say, well, cowboys are such good people, they're just the salt of the earth, they'll do any goddamn thing for you, but yeah. then when you ask them a question, then they shoot, they knock you down like that, that ain't very cool, not in my yeah. book at all, but, um, 
like Dan Hartman and Russ Orpin. <clears throat> they were really kind and very patient with me when I went out there to ride with them one time. And I screwed up some, and they never laughed or snickered or hollered at me. They were really, really positive people to ride with, and that's the kind of people that I enjoy to be around, especially when yeah. it comes to horses. You know, some guys want to see you succeed and, and help you out, and, and it seems like there's so much of that that I hear a cow, well, he's a gunsel, and they treat you like a gunsel, and tee-hee. Like, we need to be trying to get more people into it instead of discourage them. The, the people that are trying to do it, as long as they're trying, man, I'll help them out any day of the week. But it, it's so hard for someone that's trying to do it, and then, like you said, they'll they'll make fun of you or, or pick on you or, you know, just being a gonzo. How the hell are you supposed to be any better if they don't tell you how to be better? You yeah. Know? <clears throat> Most of the time, people that are acting a fool are trying to do shit that they don't know how to do. And they're acting like they know how to do it, and that's what runs them into trouble. Yeah. I don't do things that I don't think that I don't know how to do. I usually try and ask and get shit prepared for it before you ever even start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, it's in, if somebody's trying, you know, come to you like, man, what the hell am I doing wrong? I'll help them out for sure. But if somebody watched too many Dale Brisby videos and they think they know what the hell they're doing <laughs> and you know like, I'm not going to help you you think you know what yeah. you know you think you're better than me already uh, you want to act like an asshole you're just going to everybody's going to see it gonna you know like yeah yeah I'm not going to help you out but the guy's legitimately like what what the hell am I doing wrong or what can I do with this horse I'm having trouble with this horse doing this and this and uh, hell yeah, I'll help you out because that's the only way a guy learns is asking questions and when people belittle you and and put you down for trying to, you know, better yourself, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's another good guy named Jess Corman. He's in south of Saco, Montana. He's a really good horseman and very... He was really patient with me. I was helping him uh, preg test one day. And I'm on my paint mare. She does not have a glass eye, so that she has that going <laughs> She's excluded from She's that. She's excluded from that. <laughs> but I couldn't ever get her to side pass. Jess has all of his corrals and his alleyways all rigged up to where you could work them off of a horse. No good tall gates and nice shit and so he said, well, you better ride her today, Reed, and we'll get it done, you know, because I was nervous about it that day before. I was, like, worried. I thought maybe she was swelled up on her back leg, but she wasn't favoring it none. And I said, well, could you run me in something to ride tomorrow? He goes, well, yeah, I guess we could. And then in the morning he talked me into riding her. So I rode her, and he kind of coached me into what to do, and we just started out, like, getting closer to the alleyway closer to the panels in the alleyway to where we wouldn't be in the way of the cows mm -hmm. and tipping their nose away from the direction you want a side pass 
is one of the most unnatural things it feels like to do with a horse. You know, you tip their nose away from where you want them to move and then give them direction with your feet on that side, you know, to get them to step that lateral motion over. Right. To get over. And goddamn, he just helped me. And when Peach got nervous, I was trying to get her to go up and shut the pot, shut the gate on the pot, you know. Tub. On the tub. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she was really nervous about that. That gate is kind of moving towards her from the side, and then you're underneath that big arch, that big pipe that right. goes over the top there. So then you're nervous, because if they leave the earth, you're going to smash your <laughs> noggin. Not that there's any brains in there anyway, but, you know, and he would coach me through it. He goes, okay, now just stop. Just let her look at it and calm down and a couple times just said he goes well that was going really good until you fucked it up you know? <laughs> but goddamn by the end of the day she was side passing really well and then i mean just doing yeah. it and once they figure out how to do it yeah in those gates and what they mean shit they'll set you right up for oh it. yeah you're right up to that yeah. gate and they'll ride right over where you need to be they can push it over and all that shit it was awesome i yeah. mean it was just like my mind was blown Everyone who is listening to this, I'm sure that there's something that you've tried at for a long time that you just really dogged after and then one day it just clicks and just comes in. You're like, oh, shit. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, that's how it was that day. Yeah. And then we got to rope some stuff and that was good because I've never roped on her before. Nothing live. Um, But we got to rope a couple young steer young bull calves down and make them into steer calves we got to rope them and cut their nuts out and all that shit and they were probably about 80 90 pounders well maybe a little bit bigger than that they were that year's bulls they they would have been bigger now yeah they were talking like two three hundred at least yeah they were this tall probably like this tall okay yeah they weren't super huge they're big enough. But like we two, had, 300 pounders. Yeah, so. two, 300 pounders. We'll just call it like 500 pounds. And so we roped them. <laughs> yeah. They, call they 500 got, even. Yeah, 500 yeah. even. Nice number. And so someone would head them. And then we'd, me and another gal, she does um, like the snap a bit for charities. Her name is Lexi Canoli. She's a hell of a hand. But we would rope them calves and then someone would come up and heal them and I got to heal one or two on peach and shit she held the rope just fine we had someone else stand right by us you know so that she didn't get nervous right. about being left alone but yeah. fuck she held them calves down and never even made a bobble and I'm sure that's not going to be perfect every time but oh, no. yeah <laughs> I'd really like to learn how to how to tie like to tie down off of your horse like out in the pasture get, oh, yeah. get one tipped over and then have your whole hold horse yep. hold that rope yep well you go up to the critter i think that that's neater than shit oh yeah a awesome. lot of that just comes from like uh from having the lead rope i'll shake the lead rope to make them back up oh we do all that Okay, so when you take your rope down from your horn and then you take your rope back to you, grab yep. down to the critter, you can shake your rope and then that'll back them up in the same signal. It's all setting them up 
Oh, sure. From the groundwork. Even though that's not on their head at all? Well, it kind of is. It's it's up on the horn. Yeah. And you bring it underneath their neck and then back up to the horn and then take your, your rope with you. Oh, sure. So you can you can start shaking that and if you got them broke, to when you shake your lead rope, they'll back up, they'll hold it tight. And if they're not backing up, then you can slap them in the nose a little bit and then and that'll hold them tight. I had a guy, he had, he bought this, not head horse, but, uh, he was green, 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 and, and I jumped off a colt, and I tied one down, and I done that, and, and he, how in the hell do you get your horse to hold that rope tight, and I was, well, <laughs> to be honest with you, the first few times you do it, they're just scared shitless and trying to get away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just holding them where they can't turn their neck one way or the other and run away from you. You got to face up. Yeah. I mean, I've done some some wild shit, and usually it is when you step off. They're just snorting and backing up, and you just you you run your rope up through there well, so they can't terrified. turn. Yeah, they can't turn away. You know, so they got to face up. And they'll just back up, and, they, and then they start figuring out just to keep it tight. They don't have to drag that critter. I don't, you know, like. They ain't gonna drag a cow around. You know? That's so right. Just, just, just get. And if they're assholes about it, rope a cow and, and do it with a cow. Because if they try to drag a cow, they ain't gonna go very far. You know. Yeah, they're not gonna win that battle. No. As long they, as you've got the tail of uh, your rope. Yeah. Still, you're still yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where they can't turn away, can't. Yeah. You make them face up, and a lot of that comes from yeah. groundwork and doing stuff like that. That but, Jess Corman, he said that when he first gets to tie him down and his horses are ready to do it you know he gets him tied down he'll step off and the crazy bastard will loosen his cinch oh yeah on his horse yeah. to give it that release that yeah. good solid release he yeah. doesn't loosen it all the way by any means but he'll yeah. loosen it a hole yeah to give him a break give him some air yeah, yeah he'll go back down the rope and yeah. do whatever he needs to do and i thought that, that was pretty neat yeah how yeah. that all goes. Yeah, once you figure out horses learn from release, then they can teach them. That's I've right. taught horses to bow and all sorts of weird yeah. shit. And That's just like mules. Like, with a horse, you know, he does something good and you quit and you leave him alone. And that's his release and you can give him 10 or 15 minutes or whatever and then do something else. Yeah. With a mule... You know, like, let's say you're trying real hard to get him to do something all day. You know, like, back up at the shake of a lead rope, you know? Right. And he's trying to figure it out, and pretty soon he takes that one step back and you quit. They say that that moment, and it's with horses too, but with mules it's even more. Right. That moment means more to that mule than anything at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you just quit and you yeah. leave him alone for like a half a day. Yeah. You quit then. Yeah. You quit working with him. Oh, yeah. And that will sink into his brain. And yeah. once they get that done one time, they know that they can do it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's releases. It's trying, like, just trying to get one to back up a little bit. If, if you start picking up on them and they turn their ear just a little bit, even that ear turn. And you release. The next time you pick up, it's going to be a nose, and you can release. And then pretty quick, you get one step, and then two steps, 
and here pretty quick you know you, they're almost running in reverse dancing backwards yeah. Yep. yeah once you figure out that release thing you can teach them to do about anything you want to yeah yeah it's true and they thrive on it they just thrive mm -hmm. on being left alone yeah <laughs> you, yeah. really yeah it's a release game man it, and it's a lot of fun getting horses broke like that. Yeah. One of my goals is to become a, a student of the hackamore. Yeah. I think that those hackamores are just the neatest thing that's ever become. You know, when you ever watch these three... If you have Facebook and you're a ranch person at all, I'm sure you've watched those 310 ranch ropes. Mm -hmm. Those... Um, advertisements you know them guys run up on them cows and get them all roped and all that shit and they ride their horses in a halter mm -hmm. and get it done right well i've got oh, yeah. one of my partners was saying oh with those guys who ride all their horses in in halters just said it just like that yeah and I'm like, well, what the hell's wrong with that? Yeah. There's not one damn thing wrong with that. I said, if you can ride your horse with nothing in its mouth, I said, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's, like, yeah. wicked to me. I could care less if I could ever make a bridal horse, but if I ever had a nice, good hackamore horse, I'd just be tickled pink. Well, once you get them into the hack, and they're, they're on their way to being a bridal horse. But here's my thing. I want all of my horses to be very good hackamore horses. Because when I'm riding in the winter, I don't ride with a bit. Why? Because it, it can freeze. Oh? They'll, they'll slobber on that, and it'll freeze in their mouth and stuff. Sure. And, and I mean, like, when you put it in their mouth, you got to warm it up and stuff like that. Yeah. It it's easier for me in the winter time to just put a hack on them. I don't have to worry about anything freezing to their mouth or anything crazy like that. And, and besides that, it just softens them up so much that... A hackmore is just a bluff, and you need to learn to ride with your feet. And the hackmore will show you a lot of holes that, like, if I put a bit in them, there's a lot of things that I can do with that bit that maybe you can't do with a hackmore when you put it on. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just showing your 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 holes that you're missing out. So if you can get them to do all that stuff with a hackmore and work your way down into Bozalita, basically, then you're you're doing something with them and you're riding with your feet and you're riding with your knees which a lot of people don't understand how to ride with their knees so if you even just squeezing with your knees a little bit your horse can still feel that oh yeah and they'll they'll collect up and and there's there's just so much that it, it it's a release game with the hack more more so than a bit like because if if something decides that screw you i'm out of here they can't i mean yeah they can. there's only about so much that you can pull around but right but it's a it's a bluff is all it is yeah but if man if you get one that that's good in the hack more man you got something coming along here yeah. it will be good we start all of our horses in a halter mm -hmm. from a halter and then we kind of gotten away from the side poles, although there's really not a whole lot wrong with them. But we kind of got away from the side pole sure. game, just like a rope side pole, and mm -hmm. then into the hackamore. Then if they get to pushing through that hackamore, and once again, that's a hole in the horsemanship. 
But if they get to acting a fool and hack more where you don't feel like you can control them, get them into a snapple. That might be a gunsel thing to say, but that's what we do. Yeah. And we had just, I had just first started riding my horse Peach outside. And we were riding her in a hack, in a side pole. And she kept throwing her head. And not super bad, but just enough to piss you off. You know, mm-hmm. that nose flipping. Oh, yeah. So she was doing that. We know that that's a dirty habit. My girlfriend says, okay, well, we've got to get her out of that. So we get her into a hackamore, and she did fine, and pretty soon the nose flipping's back into play. So we get her into a snaffle, and we ride in all miler mouth bits. It's not that single joint. I know lots and lots of people riding that single joint. That can jab them in the roof of their mouth, and it can crush them bars really hard if you get heavy-handed with them. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's a whole different ball of wax. Um, so we get her into the snaffle and get her to where she gives down pressure. You just pick up on your reins, or her nose goes down. Perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. So then we're taking a colt that... We're just starting to ride outside, and Shaylin's got a good broke horse, and so she dallies up to this horse, and she's leading it out into the wheat field where we keep our horses at. We're just going to pony it around a little bit, and I'm on peach to where if that colt gets stuck, I can ride up behind her and get her to move, you know. And so she's, we're ponying her out, and I'm going, and there's another kid with us, and he's half gunsel, but... He was riding another paint mare, which is perfect. Just the recipe for disaster. Shailen, <laughs> Shailen was on a paint mare, too, and it was acting fine. But You guys should have put some feathers in your we hair. We should have so. put some feathers in our hair. I should have put on a fucking breech cloud. Yeah. But a loincloth. Anyways, anyways, Peach got excited, and she fucking runs off with me. And, I mean, she's booking and I'm pulling back with two hands because I'm panicking and that cunt is just running and she's putting her <laughs> nose down the entire time. She's running across the field and going doot, doot, doot with her head going down. She's like, I'm doing what you wanted yeah. me to do. I'm like, you dirty bitch, I want you to stop. Ah-tee, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I pulled her around. Pulled her around and got her stopped and oh God, what a mess. But yep, yeah, yep, just the way it goes. Yeah, it, that, there's a lot of your hands getting them collected, but then you're sitting on your ass to make them stop. That's a whole other ball game, man. Once you get there, you can mm-hmm. ride them in a tie string around their neck. Ride them through your seat. Yeah, yeah. Else. It's like I was talking, like you can squeeze with your knees a little bit and collect them up and make them do what you're wanting. And, and, and just sitting down, that's what's making them stop when you're pulling. It, essentially, like when you get to a full bridle horse, in my opinion, they're they're not even like your reins ain't even really brakes. Your reins are there just to keep them collected for the most part, and yeah. a little bit of direction, but really not that much. You're riding so much with your seat that nothing else is really. Like you you can pull your bridle off and just ride them with a neck rein, you know. Yep. That's. But, uh, that's my my take on a bridal horse. Anyway, that's what I'm shooting for. When when I when I say I have a bridal horse, it's I can take my bridle off and put a neck ring and just ride them with a tie string around their neck. And eventually, you shouldn't even need that, you know. But 
Right. That's what you're shooting for. You know... And there's a lot of horses out there that can pack a bridle that's not bridle horse. Oh, there's yeah. a bridle. There's a lot of bridle horses out there that are not packing bridles, but they could be. Yeah. Well, we had the conversation with Corson that one time down at the bar about the difference between, like, he grew up in Oregon, where there's all kinds of bridle buckaroos, and get over here. There's all kinds of snaffle bit guys, people who ride their horses in yeah. snaffles. And their horses do just fine. Do just about everything that a bridle horse can do in a snaffle bit. Mm-hmm. And not in a and not in a bridle at all. And we were talking about kind of the difference in that. And I thought, well, if your horse can't do it in a snaffle, how the fuck do you expect it to do it in a bridle? Yeah. So That's much it. of that. Uh, this is a whole other ball game. We, what you're shooting for is to ride everything off with your leg, like yeah, like just just a little little like lift your leg a little bit, lean to the inside, and they you know and they have them go. They they should be following your legs and not your like. Once you get to a bridle horse, there's no. I mean. You're just picking them up, and that's pretty much it. Like when you you're picking them up, collecting them, and you, you might have a little bit of turn here and there, but for the most part, they're they're just going off the lean of your saddle. You lean this way, or lean that way, or, or pick a leg up here or there, and it's all off your legs. And that's what you're shooting for, in my opinion. And there's yeah. probably people out there who say, oh, yeah, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I've had some really good horses over the years I put up with about anybody, and I've never spent over $500 on a horse either. Yeah. I've just never taken spent the that shit. Much. I just take shit that nobody else wants and then try to make them into something, you know. So. I have traded for everything that I have except for my one mule. I give 500 bucks for him, and I could have traded for him, but... I wanted him so bad. <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah. paid the money for him. Yeah. No, I traded a head stall, two sets of reins. No. No, a set of reins and two head stalls. And then a shitty bit that I had I just threw in for par. Yeah. For my first horse, that peach mare. Then I traded a set of hobbles for Myron. He is a great big horse. Um, he He's 13. He never was cool. halter broke. But we got him halter broke. I mean, he's a good-looking guy, and he does just fine. And then I pitched a whole bunch of square bales in 103-degree heat in Poplar, Montana, and got a horse for that. And then I traded that horse for a big black mule. So, yeah, I've traded for all kinds of stuff. Oh, man, I used to trade. Man, I'd, I'd trade for, like, thousands of dollars worth of stuff in one shot and yeah I, I, man i had a good time doing it but... it's fun it's not the really the way to get ahead but it's fun it is fun i love the trade yeah i think most cowboys like to trade a lot of that's just there ain't none of us got any money but we got this or that or yeah. whatever this I don't need, or this I yeah, don't need, yeah. or whatever. Yep. So, so, if you didn't 
listened to our last episode, Reed came down this week to make his third saddle. Uh, he did do a, another saddle course in Belgrade. And what else? Trapper. Yep. Pilot. Barber. Yep. 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 I mainly became a barber because it was something that I figured I could help my community out with. There's only one other barber in town and he is getting up there in years. He's he's not old by any means, but he's not going to be there forever. And I figured, well, you know, I could probably use a young guy. And yeah. I can bullshit with the best of them if you can't tell. Yeah. And so, yeah, I cut hair. Then I got my leather shop in the back and my barber shop all conjoined into one so I could work on my leather stuff. And when yeah. people come in, I can go help them and get back to it. And then I got my pilot's license in Fargo, North Dakota while I was going to barber school. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know any good, exciting stories from that. Oh, I do too. I had to gather some landings you have to have so many solo landings before you can take your check ride like 10 or 15 or something like that landings that were on your own yeah not with an instructor so one evening i'm going around the pattern and so every time you fly you take off from the runway and you climb a certain um, a certain height Okay, well, you climb a certain height, and then you make a turn, usually to the right, going out, leaving the airport. You turn to the right, and you climb, and then you turn to the right again, and you're at traffic pattern altitude, which is 1,000 feet above ground level from the runway itself, and you fly. That's called your downwind. That means you're going with the wind. And then you turn your base leg. You turn right again. So now you're coming in to the airstrip. Kind of it's on your right side and you're descending. Then you turn your final, which is you make another right turn. Right turns leaving the airport is the standard pattern. As you turn right and then... Um, so I'm coming in to land on my final leg. I'm descending down to ground level, and it's my last landing of the night. And I'm coming in, and I set her down real, I mean, pretty nice. It wasn't too rough or nothing like that. My fucking passenger door came open on the airplane. <laughs> Just landing, it popped open. I was like, oh, shit. And so I got taxied off and got it all shut, and everything was good. But I don't know what I'd have done if I had uh, landed in... Uh, if I'd have been flying and that door came open, that'd have been pretty bad. I bounced a blackbird off the roof of an airplane while we were flying one time. Me and an instructor were going into a small, um, non-tower airport, so non-controlled. And we were landing and we were coming in real low and a whole flock of blackbirds, like maybe 200 blackbirds flew up and flew right over the airplane. And my instructor is pretty sure that we bounced one off the roof. 
of the airplane. So that was pretty close. But yeah, no, I got to see propellers of where people hit deer on the runway. Just bent them completely back at a 90 degree angle. A guy got scared that he didn't have enough runway to take off again. And he locked up his brakes instead of pulling his power. He just stomped on his brakes. It'd be like pulling your e-brake while you were stepping on your gas pedal and completely wore his tires down to wire. Yeah, it was all fucked up. So what are the... Going back to... He didn't grow up. keep after it and don't get discouraged it i mean horses are dicks (laughs) they are they're gonna make a fool of you one way or another but if you just keep after it you're gonna get where you need to go yeah and it it takes the time it takes if you ride a shitter or you ride a well-broke horse it doesn't matter um it takes the time it takes for them to get where you want them to be you know, there's no sense in rushing, in my opinion. People get on and they sing, oh, God damn, we got to go and get some right now. Yeah. You know, well, maybe your horse isn't ready for that. What, what are some things that that, that uh, you done before that you realized it was super gunsel of you and you're like, what a dipshit. Oh, here's something I did. <laughs> here's a couple things I did. <laughs> The first day I traded for my horse, she was pretty snorty, and she always has been. But she weren't mean. She's just afraid, you know. Yep. So I've got this little three-year-old horse, and I get her into the round pen. First day, first colt, you know, just first. Everything for me. Yep. And I got her in the round pen, and I'd watched a YouTube video of a guy starting a horse. And he did it right. He did it right, but um, I didn't really catch the signals of what he was trying to look for. He got his horse into the round pen, and he ran it around. He put pressure on it. He took the tail of his rope. He had his rope coiled in his left hand, but he had the hondu in his left hand, so he wasn't throwing a loop at him. He's just throwing the tail of his rope. Yeah. He was throwing that over his horse's back and throwing it over its ass to put some pressure on it just so it got used to handling pressure. Yeah. And then when his horse stopped and turned in, he fucking quit. You know? Yeah. That's what you want is for them to quit and to Release. pay attention. Yeah. And then, yeah. Okay, so my horse, I pushed her and I pushed her and she turned in so fucking many times and came into me. And I slapped her in the face and got her, and I ran her around. I'm still dealing with that today. I harassed that poor thing so bad in that round pen that she was just exhausted. Oh, yeah. I got a, finally she stopped, and I figured, oh, well, maybe this is right. And so she stopped and was nice and calm, and I got a saddle pad on her in the center of the round pen. I got a saddle pad on her. First time, she didn't give a fuck. Went out to get my saddle and came back in, and she's still standing in in the exact same place. Wasn't hobbled, wasn't tied. That's how fucking tired and scared she was. Got the saddle on her, and a guy is there that kind of knew what to do. He wasn't there when I was running her around, or else he'd have told me to knock that off. (laughs) 
he says, all right, well, here's what you do. You just get your saddle up on her and get your cinches on, you know, and so get it on there. And he's like, just go nice and easy. And we did some stuff. Like we put the lead rope around and we got a catch rope and a lead rope. You know, we got it around her chest, around her girth, you know, and give it some pressure. And she, she was okay with that, you know, no big deal. And so get the saddle on her and I'm putting the cinch into her for the first time you know i don't even have it buckled but i'm starting to take up that sweet spot of slack yeah, yeah. in it you know yeah, yeah and peach gets nervous as they all do and she takes kind of a little hump you know when that saddle jumps up on her neck and she takes a couple more little humps and that saddle is jumping up on her neck and she starts to chase me around the round <laughs> i'm trying to get the fuck away from her and she's coming after me looking for help and I'm, I'm just trying to get away from her, and I just screamed out to whoever was listening. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And they're like, they're like just just stop. Like, she's fine. She's just looking for you to help her. And I was plumb terrified. Oh, I thought she, I thought she was going to bite me. <laughs> you know how it goes. They're uh-huh. looking for you for help. I was just trying to get away from the poor bitch. Oh, God. Yeah. And then one time... So I had this big, this big paint horse. I've had a bad habit of getting paints, folks. Apparently. His name was Bonner. He was 17 hands. He was ginormous. He was black and white. Uglier than sin. And and just like a mouth breathing camel too. Just like <laughs> you know, just couldn't travel worth a fuck. But I liked him enough. And Bonner really needed to see a chiropractor. He needed some help. I'm pretty sure he had some ulcers in him and just some bad stuff going on. But I was a big, tough cowboy. He don't need none of that shit, you know. Uh, they don't hardly need need to eat but a flake or two of hay a day, you know. Yeah. Fuck. He, I did really wrong by that horse. But I traded for him. I traded a beaver hat that I made for him. And just like the old-time Indian days. Yeah. He would lay down. When you got him cinched up, he would lay down because he hurt so bad. He wasn't doing it to be a prick. He did it because he hurt so bad. He was trying to get away from that pressure. He would lay down. So I'm headed out to Jess's one day, and Jess lives way south of Seiko. You got to drive like an hour or two to get, like an hour to get out there. So I get out there plenty early in the morning. I get Peach caught, never have taken her anywhere. And I got Bonner caught. So I get Peach loaded in the front of my trailer, and it's a tiny, it's a narrow, a really narrow trailer, only suitable to fit about three horses. So I get her in, and I shut the center gate on her, and the center gate divides my trailer really like halfway to where you'd be hard-pressed to fit one horse, let alone two, but one of my buddies is with me. He's got another one, so we're going to load two in there. So I get her in there and I don't tie her too tight. I leave her plenty of slack in that rope, which was my first mistake. I really should have pulled her up to the trailer and tied her. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I get Bonner saddled up and I move him around a lot. I mean a lot. So that he doesn't lay down. He's used to the saddle. Fuck, it's not even tight on him. You know? Mm -hmm. So I get Bonner loaded in the trailer. And he's, he's smashed in there because he's so big. And the son of a bitch starts to lay down in my trailer. 
and I kick him right in the belly, and he stands up, and I thought, all right, you motherfucker, we're going to figure this out. And he was not coordinated at all. He was like riding a giraffe crossed with a camel. And I go to back him up, and the lead rope is thrown up over his neck. And I've got him by the Theodore knot and the halter, and I back him out of there. Well, Bonner backs out, and he falls right on his ass. (laughs) And I lose my lead rope, Mm. right? So now he's out of my hand. And before I could jump out, you'd think that the uncoordinated bastard would wait for me. He jumps up, and he takes off to the other side of the pasture. (laughs) Just runs. Uh. And it's not very big, but he's away from me now. Right. And now Peach, her friends have just left her. She's in the front of the trailer. All sorts of pissed off. My buddy Julio, to add to the wreck, he's there, and he gets cinched up on his horse, and he goes to run down Bonner. Peach is getting really nervous. She's squealing and hollering for them other horses, and she's starting to look for a way to get to them, and she fucking... I'm going to get grain to try and bait Bonner back in, because I didn't think Julio would be able to catch him. And Peach tries to jump that center gate. You know, oh, yeah. and she hits it just kind of with her chest, and I thought, well, you dumb bitch, that won't happen again. And then she gets both of her front legs over that center gate, oh, shit. and she jumps, and she don't get over there, right? And by now, I'm like, okay, you better get over there. She makes a third jump. She gets over the center gate. She's tied behind it. Jeez. Oh, it was a wreck. And she gets down in my trailer, sideways, head tied underneath of her, one leg underneath the center gate, all fucking wrapped up in there. I mean, just bad. Just bad, bad. And so I jump into the side door, you know, and get her untied and get her head pulled out from underneath of her so that she can breathe, you know, all tangled up and now my poor colt that I've handled maybe four or five times is laying there in the center of my trailer. Oh, yeah. Her leg is um, in between the side of the trailer and through the center gate, and then two legs are underneath of it, and one leg is all smashed up behind her. And by some reason, I'm not this smart, um, but I was able, it's one of those center gates to where when you unhitch it, you can pull it up out of them pickets. Oh, yeah. It's it's a really small trailer. And yeah. So I got that pulled up so all of her legs were free. And she got her head up to where she could breathe and was trying to kind of figure stuff out. And we, we didn't whip on her really hard, but we whipped on her a little bit and got her to stand up. And I don't know. You know when white... When horses have white on them, how blood just stands out. She's all skinned up and just a shaking yeah, like a leaf yeah, yeah. on a tree. And I got her backed out of that trailer, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm not taking you today, you know. And I just unhalted her and let her go. And the entire day, I just fretted that she was going to fucking, that I'd have to go back and have to shoot her. Oh, yeah. Because I thought maybe something was broken or something was really fucked up on her, but we were in such a hurry that we had to leave, so we just load up and left. But she was fine, so that was one dumb, that was a really dumb thing that I did there. So what, what are some of the, so like, green things that that you were doing that somebody said something and you're like, oh shit, like, as far as etiquette or something like that. Oh. Like getting out of the way and you throw a loop or well, something like that. Well, I, that didn't happen to me personally, but we were at a big branding, a guy had about 800 head of 
cows and calves that we were branding that day. There was two pens going, two, two separate pens, so two separate sets yeah. of chaos. So you had all your wrestlers on the ground yeah. and two sets of horsemen going in all the time. There was like three or four people in each pen roping, right? And there was a really arrogant motherfucker in there. He was wearing an earring, so we already pinned him for a fag. <laughs> and sorry if you fags have earrings, but he was in there, and he was just a douche, you know. And we were all kind of like, "Hey, that guy seems like an asshole." And there was another old timer sitting on his horse. He goes, "Yeah, there's a certain etiquette to roping. When you throw and you miss, you get out of your way and you coil your rope out of the way." He goes, "He doesn't have it." He yep. says, just watch him. He's like, every time he misses, he just stands right yeah. in the same spot and builds a loop right in the way. Yeah. I haven't roped that much, but every time that I did rope, <coughs> when you miss, just turn your horse and ride to the corner of the pen, rebuild your loop, get regrouped, and head back in. You know, just don't be a retard. <laughs> don't be a retard. <laughs> I had a, I was riding a horse, a broke horse, to a good one, and I was roping with a 50-foot um, poly rope, and I rode up there, and I healed the calf, and I got him good, but it scared him enough that he turned and just hauled ass. And I had him by two feet, and instead of dallying when he was like 40 feet away from me and windmilling him through the fucking Brandon irons and all that stuff, yeah. you know, I just let him go. Sometimes it's better just to let your rope leave than it is to cause a wreck and get someone on the ground hurt. Yeah. One of the first times I roped on Bonner, it was like one of the first times ever roping calves on him. When I pulled out of the pen, I had one roped by one leg, because that's how you do it when you're retarded. And <laughs> I was pulling him out. Just do and, not ever do a high hawk. Yeah. And I was pulling it, and it was a high hawk, but I had it crippled with that Achilles tendon up there, you know. <laughs> And I was pulling it out, and um, I was not paying attention at all to where I was going, and that calf damn near tipped over the branding pot, and the wrestlers were right up next to the fire getting singed, trying to get my rope and getting it tipped over. Right. And a guy standing there, he goes, Reed, if you're going to be doing this, you really got to pay attention to what's going on behind you. Yep. You know, and I... I was like, well, fuck you, Ross. Like, you're an asshole. But then I got to thinking about that. And I was like, well, yeah, that really was dumb. You're right. Because I really could have gotten someone hurt bad there. Yeah. You know. So you just be smart and be safe by all means. If you've got a horse that's a high-stepping, nervous motherfucker, don't take him into the branding pen. If he's going to run over people. We had a horse... Yeah. It wasn't me personally, but a kid was roping on a horse and his cinch broke. And instead of popping his dally and getting off, he just bailed. He just jumped out of sheer terror. Yeah. And that horse left the pen and his dallies pulled his rope over sideways. Yep. And the the boss man who was branding at the time looked up and that saddle and that horse plumb left the trap. And that saddle horn caught him right in the chest and broke eight of his ribs and threw him about 20 fucking feet as yeah. that horse hauled ass through the pasture. Yeah. It's like, holy fuck. Just bad wrecks happen. And wrecks yeah. happen even when you're careful, but Christ. Yeah. It's, you need to be a, very aware of what you're doing, what your horse is doing. And 
like you said, if you get in the bind, popping dallies is probably the better way to go. But when you're coming through all the wrestlers, your horse can see where the hole is. You need to be watching behind you, watching that calf, watch your wrestlers get a hold of him. And, you know, your horse can see where he's going forward you need to be watching backwards yeah. in case you need to stop or pop your dallies or, or go somewhere or else or whatever the deal might be but yeah it's you gotta you gotta have your shit together and and i think watching a lot of younger people rope it seems like they get in too big a hurry for one and they make more out of it than what it really needs to be and just take your time go slow easy the more relaxed you are the more relaxed your horse is going to be you don't need to swing your rope 90 mile an hour no no shit no that'll get you kicked out of most brandings yeah when you rope a calf the calf shouldn't even know that they're roped it's yeah. just nice easy soft Side loop, arm loop that just, nice little yeah just give just get it in there and push your calf into it and when you're riding out hold your hold your slack up until everything kind of comes tight and you can see what you have you know and, and if it's one of them deals or you're you can take singles uh just make damn sure that you don't have a high hawk for one it's hard on the calves for two you really don't have any kind of control on that calf and they can windmill around and and cause a bad wreck and it's a good way to piss the wrestlers off too so yeah and to hurt somebody yeah and then that's yeah. your fault there's yeah. no one else's fucking fault yeah you just never take a high hawk it's hard on the calves and it's hard on your wrestlers and it's just not good etiquette at all to take a high hawk if if you're at a brand into where they say well we'll take singles and yeah, I take a single, whatever, but do not ever take a high hawk. Even if they don't give a shit, you still shouldn't take a high hawk for your safety and everyone else's safety. And it's just, you're probably not going to get invited back to very many brands if you're taking high hawks. <laughs> well, I seen kids, I seen a kid take a pantyhose calf and like oh no yeah and like dragging through the fire and i'm standing there like does nobody around here have a knife like oh man that would if he was in my brain and, and you took a calf out pantyhose i'll cut your rope like right now and you better be glad that you get out of there without an ass kicking yeah no shit but that's just part of the brandon etiquette and and high hawks pantyhose stuff like that a lot of brandons you probably get your rope cut for just bringing a single but there's a lot of them that with wrestlers and stuff and and i i'm not honestly at our brandon i don't care if you bring a single out as long as it ain't a high hawk because i got good enough wrestlers that you can you can bring them out with anything and they're going to knock them down but bringing a high hawk out is just it's just bad etiquette and yeah. i don't like that but if uh, you're running iron i got the privilege to do that yep. this last summer yep. you got to be damn sure that you're not going to burn a wrestler 
or burn yourself or do anything foolish like that. Yep. You just got to be sure of where the hot end. And I mean, that's common sense. Mm-hmm. Just keep that hot iron pointed away and get that brand right where they want it. Get it straight. If you're running a bar, don't let that fucker slide on you too bad because yeah. they will slide. Yeah. Yeah. You can really screw yeah. it up bad. Well, and, and think too with running irons that if anybody, like, if they give you the option to actually run an iron, you probably already know, but you set that level with the, their backbone and not with their hip because yep. with, a, with a wrestler, their hip is cocked back. way back. So. Yep. You set that with their backbone, and then when you let them up, they're going to be level with the backbone and not the hip. Yeah. Yeah. But... Shit can go to hell in a hurry, though. Yeah. That is for damn sure. And I've been in a lot of very good wrecks that people come and shake my hand afterwards like, holy <laughs> shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, one wreck I got into, I had roped at one branding before just one my friend rose she's a really good gal and she said all right reed you we're having a small branding where it's just the family she goes why don't you come out and rope on my mare misty and i said all right i will and she's got this big gray mare and we go out and we rope and there's probably 50 head of calves in a great big pen so they're scattering all over you know you can't get a good shot at them and i got a couple double legs you know just like you should and then you start to pick up singles because you just got to take them mm. well if i get one pantyhose like Corey is saying and this calf takes off and i'm trying to turn this horse quickly and it gets wrapped up underneath of her legs oh, yeah. and she's broke broke but that'll make any broke oh, horse yeah. bog its head and so she goes bogging around and bogs herself into a fucking corner and i had my dally kept the entire time and I burnt the whole rope through my hand. You know, I, I took a great big chunk of skin off my pinky and oh, yeah. I finally let go and the calf got away and her dad, Pat, was like, Jesus Christ, Reed, why didn't you let it go? I said, well, I've been trying so hard to get one. I'll be damned if I let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I've been so many shitting Brandon wrecks that some of them are from me, some of them for other people, but most of the time, it's, you know, if I get wrecked, it, it, it's just a freak deal that, usually, you know, something would happen. That, no one really. But most of the time, you can, you can sit there and run the irons or whatever, and you you can see who's going to cause a wreck and who ain't. And it's, it's just, a lot of it is just people that, get too excited about shit and just they're not confident so they're they're trying too hard and trying to go too fast and spinning their horses like it's it's a dance man you just go in there nice and easy come out like that calf shouldn't even know that he's caught until he's jagging on his side it, and that's what it is when, you, when you're sorting them out and you're, you're running them around and then shooting in a heel shot and it's, that gets hard on horses and it's hard on calves and I don't really appreciate that. that no, I don't. So, well, we are getting down to the end of our time. Do you have anything to tell our 
there's probably like up to eight listeners now. There we go. Yeah. Well, if you're green, just keep at it. Don't get discouraged. If people laugh at you for asking questions, don't get butt hurt over that. They're when they laugh, they're just insecure. Usually, they don't know the fucking answers. So they got to make you feel little <laughs> for not knowing it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just keep after it. Strive to make your horses better and yourself better, and learn something from everything that you swing a leg over. Yep. There's something to be learned from everything that you step astride. I've got a lot of friends that never even rode a horse until they was out of high school and made some really damn good hands. Well, Russ and Cassandra, they never yeah. started being punchy at all all through their high school yeah. days. Yep. And look at them now. Yep. It's, there's hope. If there's something that you want to do, if you want to start cowboying, then just get with it. But my best advice is to get with somebody that's handy, listen to them, ride with them, ride with them for free. I mean, just put your time in and they'll start teaching you. You, you, you can't be an arrogant prick. Nobody's ever going to teach you anything. But if you put your time in and you try and you try damn hard. You'll start picking up on stuff, and people will help you out if you're not an arrogant prick about things. So, alrighty, boys and girls, I think we're gonna get out of here. We've got glue to sniff and asses a kick. That's right. Adios. <laughs>